Our first lesson today comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Different people have different reactions to Christmas. The six-year-old goes bonkers when it's time to finally open the presents under the tree. But meanwhile, the grandmother sits quietly in a corner chair with a smile on her face, enjoying the simple pleasure of having the family together. The, the teenage boy, maybe not quite as bonkers about opening the gifts as he used to be, still really enjoys that whole thing of scarfing down as many Christmas snacks and Christmas cookies as humanly possible over the holiday break. Different people uh, of different stages in life, they maybe appreciate certain parts of Christmas more than other parts. And as we continue celebrating the, the best part of Christmas, the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, we continue to have different reactions to this Christ child too, maybe? For example, that, that first Christmas, Mary and the shepherds, they had very different reactions to that baby lying in the manger. And here in, in the end of Luke's account about the Christmas story, we get a little snapshot of those two reactions. First of all, Mary finally, after, after looking so long, finds a place to give birth in Bethlehem. After having to wrap her newborn son in little strips of cloth, after excited shepherds come and go, finally, after all that, Mary can sit still and ponder what has just happened. She quietly takes it all in, staring down at baby Jesus, treasuring this moment in her heart. Mary, like, like any mother, must have treasured the moment of giving birth to her own baby into the world. But unlike any other mother in history, Mary pondered why God would use such an ordinary person like her to bring such an extraordinary gift to the world. Mary treasured that baby in the manger, not just because he was hers, but because he was coming to bring peace between God and all mankind. A truth worth pondering. But meanwhile, the the baby Jesus elicits a very different reaction for those shepherds. They leave the manger shouting, rejoicing, glorifying God, telling everyone they see about this baby Jesus. Their joy matches the joy of the angel's message to them. That this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And, and like a six-year-old going bonkers, opening a gift, a gift under the tree, these shepherds, they can't contain their joy. They shout it out for everyone to hear. God's promises of a Messiah, they're becoming reality. A truth worth praising. And Mary's and the shepherds' different reactions to this little baby in the manger is the reason why we sing such different sounding songs 
at Christmas. We sing Silent Night and Away in a Manger along with Mary. We sing Angels We Have Heard on High and Joy to the World with the Shepherds. Different people have different reactions to Christmas, but the result of Christmas is the same for everyone. The wait is over. God's Son comes to shatter your burdens of sin. That's a truth worth some quiet pondering and some joyful praising. A lesson from Luke chapter 2. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of our Lord. Our second lesson today is from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 63, verses 7 to 9. Isaiah, kind of the, the Christmas prophet, I guess you could call him. In case you didn't already, already know this, um, I'm a pretty big Lord of the Rings nerd. And, and so, once you read these words from Isaiah 63, at least for me, I couldn't help thinking about one of the big climactic scenes at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The reluctant hero, Frodo, has finally brought the one ring to the slopes of Mount Doom, a big volcano. And only by throwing this ring into the fires of Mount Doom can he destroy the evil power of this ring and, and the power of the Dark Lord Sauron once and for all. But now, Frodo, here on the slopes of Mount Doom, so close, he can't go any further. The closer and closer he got to Mount Doom, the heavier and heavier that ring burdened him down. Now, at the base of the mountain, he collapses. The burden's too much. Can't take another step. But Frodo, he has to be the one to, to bear the ring and destroy it. And so this is when Frodo's faithful companion, Samwise, picks Frodo up, puts him on his shoulders and says, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. And I'm a nerd, so I get chills every time that scene starts playing. But what Jesus does for us so much better than what Samwise did for Frodo. We are on the verge of collapse, burdened under this heavy weight of our sins, bearing us down. We have no power to destroy this mountain of sins piled on our shoulders. And so God stoops down. He comes to earth. He takes on human flesh. And this Savior he gives us, he carries you on his shoulders, sin, burdens, and all. And he says, I can carry them for you. And I can carry you too. He redeems us from our sins by destroying them, not at Mount Doom, but at Mount Calvary, on the cross. And then 
there. The wait is finally over. The heavy burden of sins removed from our shoulders because Jesus did away with them, erased them on the cross once and for all. The wait is over. But Jesus, he's not done carrying you yet. He continues to lift you up and carry you. He sympathizes with us, empathizes with us in our distress. He carries us every step of the way and he promises, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You're walking with Jesus. But you and Jesus, you only leave one set of footprints behind you. Because Jesus lifts you up and carries you all the way in his compassion and his kindness. The wait is over. A lesson from Isaiah chapter 63. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. According to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses, he said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. The word of our God. Our third lesson today from Matthew chapter 11 has more to say about yokes and burdens, kind of tying in with our, our Christmas Eve message. Maybe there's, there's a few verses we should read again here, so you hear them twice. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you were with us for our, our Christmas Eve service, you're, you're maybe scratching your heads after hearing Jesus say that. And you, maybe you're thinking, um, didn't the prophet Isaiah say that Jesus was going to come and shatter the yoke that burdens us, the rod, the bar, across our shoulders? Why is he giving us another yoke to wear now? It's a good question. If Jesus promises to give us rest from our burdens, then why is he giving us another yoke to put on our shoulders? Maybe we, we first need to realize that most yokes would have a harness for more than one animal. Usually you would, you would put two similarly sized oxen together to, to work in tandem together. But here, Jesus is telling us to step into the yoke beside him. And he says, take my yoke upon you. You will find rest for your souls. See, Jesus' yoke really isn't a burden at all. As we walk alongside our Savior, He's the one bearing the burden of the yoke for us. We are unequally yoked. We're not pulling our weight at all. 
And this is what makes Jesus' yoke so easy and so light because he does all the work for us. And we get to claim all of Jesus' work as our own because we're yoked with him. And so now God the Father says to you and me, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. We get to enter heaven with Jesus, even though he did all the work to get us there. You see, you will find rest for your souls because you're yoked to Christ. And that means the weight is over. He carries it. A lesson from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of our God. Our fourth and final lesson today comes from an account in Luke chapter 2, just a little bit after the birth account of Jesus. And the question is, what are you waiting for? It's always nice to have something on the horizon you're looking forward to, whether it's a, a long overdue vacation or a game or a concert that you've bought tickets for. Nothing beats the excitement of finally getting to that that vacation destination or sitting down at the game or the concert you've been looking forward to. In In our next lesson here, Simeon, he was waiting for something. He had something on the horizon he was looking forward to. See, Simeon had been given a a special revelation from the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah with his own eyes. And we don't know how long Simeon was waiting. We don't know how old he actually was. We know one thing. His wait was now over. Jesus, as a baby, is brought into the temple by his, his parents in order to be consecrated to the Lord in keeping with the law. And Simeon, led by the Spirit, is there at the temple the same day, and he finds baby Jesus there with Mary and Joseph. He takes the baby in his arms, and he sings the words to a song that the church has been singing ever since that day, a song we're going to sing today too. Simeon got to see with his own eyes the Savior of the world even hold him in his hands. To see the salvation God was preparing in sight of all nations, all people. Simeon can now die a happy man. He was blessed with a rare gift to see the long-awaited Messiah with his own eyes. Even now, as, as we kind of come to the end of Christmas and we celebrate our last day today of singing Christmas carols before another year is up, well, we, we still continue to celebrate with the joy that we had as we went to the manger this Christmas because we 
have consolation, comfort for our souls. Because not only has the Savior been born to us, we know the rest of the story. Maybe a story Simeon didn't get to see all the way through, but we did. A Savior has been born to us. A Savior has been given to live under the law perfectly for us in our place. A Savior has been given to give His life for us on the cross, taking away the burden of our sins. A Savior has been given to rise from the dead. So we will rise body and soul to be with Him. We've got something on the horizon we're looking forward to. Heaven. An eternity of peace in a a home that Jesus himself prepared for us. And when the day does come that, that God dismisses us from this world, we get to depart in the same way as Simeon. We may depart in peace assured. For our eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. A lesson from Luke chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. We welcome our greatest gift. We welcome our newborn king. We welcome our Savior, Jesus. He now sends you out into your lives with his blessing, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.